Welcome to the Calm Nights, Strong Days podcast. With over 30 years in the health and wellness industry, I've realized there's no one-size-fits-all solution for sleep and stress resilience. What affects one person's sleep and ability to handle stress is different for each of us. The stage of life you're in, work and home stressors, your DNA, genetics, upbringing, social life, and more all affect how your body handles stress and your quality of life. Join me as we explore a variety of tools, strategies, and solutions I've employed with clients over the years in solo episodes, as well as insightful interviews and experts. Together, we'll unravel more pieces of the puzzle, empowering you on your journey to calm nights and strong days. So let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the Health KPI podcast. This is episode 39, where we are diving into the power of sleep metrics for your focus, for your energy, and your performance. Now, if we look at sleep as though it is the foundation of a skyscraper. So think of a skyscraper. Think of how strong that foundation needs to be in order to support that height of that skyscraper. It has to be able to stay as strong at the top as it is throughout the middle. And if that, if, if, if the foundational base of that skyscraper was not going to show you that it was going to be strong enough to support all the way up to the very top of that building, then you wouldn't build it, right? You wouldn't build it. You would start making adjustments, start making some tweaks and changes to be able to figure out, okay, how can I make this skyscraper? And if we start thinking of our bodies, our bodies are amazing. How we can push them, how we can push our minds, how we can push our body to do so many amazing things in our day. But if we are not, making sure that that base, that that foundation is strong enough, then that's just like that skyscraper where things start to falter. And scientific studies have shown that eight hours is the amount of sleep that most of us require to stay on top of our game. There are some people that are around seven, some are nine, but eight is that average of what people need. And when we push through each day, the stress, it gradually piles on through different stages of life. So it's very different, like the stress that a child has and then getting into, you know, college, university, um, getting into adulting, getting into living on your own, getting into having kids or having a career, having kids with a career, all of these things different stages start pushing and taxing your body more and more and more. And some of this does start affecting our sleep. And we may think as well that, hey, I'm functioning fine on six hours of sleep. This is all that I need. This is all I need in order to function. And you may for a certain amount of time. But then these sleep struggles start to kick in. We start, the body starts giving us some signs. We start waking up tired where 
we might be wake up sometimes disoriented or almost feeling hungover, or we may just feel like, oh, I need a coffee to get going. And that might be all that you need at that moment is just a coffee. Or you may need coffee after coffee after coffee throughout your day to get going. Your brain stops being as sharp as it used to be. You may have some situations I know um, where your spouse and you are talking about things to do and you walk out of the room and you're like, crap, what did I just say I was going to do? Your honeydew list. You can't even remember honeydew list, let alone things that are happening and going on in the office. You may snap at your kids a little bit more, find things work a little bit frustrating. You might find the things that never used to bother you start bothering you. And decisions start taking more energy. They become tougher to actually process what you need to figure out in order to make a decision. And they take a lot of energy out of you. Thing is, is that this happens gradually and we don't notice it because it comes gradual. And that's where I was saying our normal of what having good energy feels like starts shifting so slowly that we actually don't realize sometimes that that we are a little tired or that we are being affected by some of these things. And then this new normal of our performance is either brushed off as, as sometimes we do notice it, we'll brush it off as being, oh, it's just this project I'm working on. It's just the stage of life of these kids. When the kids are a few years older, a little more independent, I'll be okay. When, you know, I it's this job has a lot of demands, but I really love the job or I need to do this to get into the next position and then I'll be okay. The thing is, is that we don't dive into our sleep at all to see how our sleep is truly doing. And if there are ways that we can improve those feelings when we do see these signs and we're thinking that it's these other things, we don't double check to make sure that hey, is my sleep actually giving me all that it can? Because could I be pushing this much at work? Could I be thinking better in these projects? Could I be calmer with my family? Could I be waking up with more energy if I made some tweaks to my sleep? Quite often, we don't even think about that. Or we may actually be thinking about it and tracking our sleep, but we don't fully understand what the data is telling us or why it's important. And the longer that you start to ignore the signs that your sleep could use some attention, which is waking up tired and wired, needing coffee to get going, your brain isn't sharp as it used to be, snapping at kids, getting a little more frustrated, um, losing that joy in your job sometimes, things you used to love to do, not as motivated to do things, decisions start taking, take, taking longer. Then when that happens, we don't... The longer that we ignore these signs, the more our body starts to give us more and more signs that your body and your mind is not healing and repairing until we have no choice to listen. This can get to such extremes where um, autoimmune diseases come in, cancer comes in, um, very common with females and moms, especially perimenopause, where autoimmune diseases start coming in. And once we start looking at the HRV, that we dug into in the last episode and sleep, which is why these are my two top markers. We start seeing if they had a tracker for a while and I'll dive into it, we can start seeing through the last few years um, or however long their tracker can track that these have been giving them signs for a long time. So if you know 
how to track your HRV, which we dove into last episode. If you know how to start tracking your sleep, which is what we're diving into in this episode, then you are going to start knowing when these other signs creeping in. We're like, oh, there's some things that I could be working on with my sleep. And and you you start realizing, oh, I can pull out some of my tools for sleep and those symptoms can start going away. My HRV can improve. I can be working on these two things. And so that is what my goal is today. It is for you to learn how to track your sleep and read your tracker data so that you can see where your sleep stands. Okay. So let's dive into that. There are four sleep stages. We have when you're on most of your trackers, there's awake, light, deep, and REM. Now I do the older Apple watches, I believe at the time of recording this, and I could even be wrong, um, that Apple, cause I'm not an Apple wearer, but the newer Apple I've been told, I believe is the Apple four has a health tracker on it. The three and earlier don't, you need an external app for that. Um, which I will add into the show notes here. Let me make myself a note of that so that I don't forget. Um, sorry, just grabbing a pencil. Okay, I need the Apple app links. Okay, so I'll add those Apple, Apple app links to the show notes for you guys. Um, the thing is, is to note that the, the app, that I know, and hopefully you can find another one. The app that I do know for sleep does not separate deep and REM. It, it lumps them all together. So, but you can still get some great information from it that I would not go and buy another health tracker until you've been tracking it on your Apple watch for a while. Um, same thing. I have noticed this with some of the, the Fitbit or Garmin's as well, that they may not separate deep and REM. Other trackers, the Aura and the Whoop that I always talk about, they separate your deep and your REM sleep. So let's start diving into these stages. First off, awake is awake. You know what that one is. That's just when you really are not sleeping. The second stage, it's they call it depending on where you're learning this from. Sometimes they call it stage one and two light sleep. Um, because light sleep can, is split up. There's the, the very start of your sleep when you first fall asleep is stage one of light. And then the rest of your sleep that's light sleep is more than half of your sleep time. So you should have about 50% of your sleep time should be light. The rest of it, you'll probably have the auto wake time in there. Um, and You'll, you'll have a lot of awake time in it, or sorry, you should not have a lot of awake time in your sleep. You should, the rest should be deep and REM. So I'll be diving into those, but some of it will be. So 50%, think of that 50% should be light sleep. Now light sleep, we do not give it the credit that it deserves. Light sleep is actually when many parts of your brain relax and this starts affecting your breathing, your heart rate, your reflex response, your neuromotor aspects of speech, language, abstract reasoning, planning, problem solving, social interactions, and it overrides certain autonomic responses for newly learned ones. So let me go over those a little bit with you. 
Um, so it does relax your breathing. Um, and we want our breathing to be slower. And same thing with your heart rate. It also relaxes your reflex responses. So that's where um, this is the sleep where you don't usually um, switch or move much during this type of sleep. Your neuromotor aspects of your speech and language, abstract reasoning, this is the big one. So we often think when we're talking about sleep about deep and REM as being these big ones for our mind and our body and our brain. And they are huge for those aspects. But we also, when we're planning things, when we need to reason for abstract thoughts, and when we're trying to problem solve, then that is also uh, formed during your light sleep. Also social interactions. If you're not getting enough sleep, especially enough light sleep, we may not want to be as socially interactive with people when we are actually awake. So that is very important. We don't often give light the credit that it deserves. So if you consider all the factors that contribute to a great day, sure, you might survive on six hours, but aiming for eight hours elevates your overall quality in life. It's not just about getting through your day. It's about thriving. So think about this. When we're saying that light sleep is 50% of your sleep and you're getting six hours of sleep, you're cutting deep into this cutting deep into the social interactions, deep into the problem solving, deep into the planning, deep into the abstract reasoning, which I know for me as well, working with first responders, this is a matter of life or death in some of their jobs. And it is so huge that getting that less than two hours of sleep can definitely make a difference. When you are talking about um, closing deals and figuring out how to solve really big problems in a business as a CEO or a CFO, trying to really think about all of this abstract reasoning and problem solving. A lot of that does occur in your uh, light sleep. So the next one we're going to get into is your deep sleep. Now, deep is sometimes also called slow wave sleep. So it depends on your tracker. It might say SWS or it might say deep. Same thing. Um, this is the stage where your body repairs and heals at its highest rate. So the deep, I always consider it's your body. This is your body's reparation system. And it, it makes up 10 to 25% of your sleep. You would like it to be closer to that 20 to 25% mark. Um, interestingly, my son, he is 11, almost 12, has been having huge growth spurts and his deep has been sometimes 30, 35% of his sleep. And we know he's going through a huge growth spurt and we see it. Um, he does, he literally wakes up bigger than he did before he went to sleep when he's getting those like a week in a row of 30, 35% of, of deep sleep, of his sleep being deep. But for us who have already grown average 10 to 25% of your sleep, 20 to 25 is ideally where we wanna be. And deep sleep is the exact opposite of that fight or flight. So in deep, so when you were in that, that light sleep, that's where noises would wake you up, coughing, low wave humming. But when you're in deep sleep, this won't wake you up. So if you are somebody that does sleep and small noises 
don't or like small noises wake you up. You need like it to be super quiet in order to fall asleep. You may not be getting the amount of deep sleep that your body requires. Deep sleep is where your immune system is functioning and it's at its peak. So that's all your healing and repairing. This isn't just um, as we think about disease and illness, but it, it staves off disease and illness. It's also like our immune system is functioning all the time to be detoxing ourselves from just all the toxins in our daily life of just, just living on this earth. Um, and a lot of stuff that we've ingested or put in our body, a lot of the wear and tear of what, what we're doing in our day is that's where our immune system really needs to be functioning at its peak. Uh, this is where cholesterol and carbs are processed so that they don't sit in your fat and blood vessels in your body. So we think about like your metabolism, the way that your body breaks down fat, breaks down cholesterol, breaks down carbs, all of these things. If you're not getting into the proper deep sleep, then these processes cannot happen. And that's where we get a lot of the weight around the middle that you cannot lose. So you may be somebody that while you're awake is exercising while you're awake, you're eating really healthy, really clean. And there is this weight around your middle that you cannot lose. It could be due to the fact that you're not getting enough deep sleep and your body is not processing the cholesterol and the carbs. Um, and so it's storing them more in your fat and your blood vessels in your body um, and which is the cholesterol as well. So we get a lot of cholesterol issues too, that we do find with clients that I've worked with where their cholesterol does improve a lot. Once we start increasing their deep sleep, our muscles repair, that's where your muscles repair. So if you start getting more wear and tear on your muscles, you get repetitive strain injuries. You get where you're getting injured easier for no reason at all. You're just finding that little things are getting you. It could be that you're not doing the base requirement of exercise to keep your bones and joints healthy and stable. But if you are doing that and you're finding that you're getting these repetitive strain injuries, you're um, not healing like you used to, to heal, then that could be a decrease in your deep sleep. And your deep sleep is not only the most effective for healing your body, it's also the most effective for clearing your mind and improving your memory. So deep sleep, as much as we're going to get into REM, REM sleep is where I say it's more of the, the mind, but deep is where we can actually clear your mind and improve your memory as well. So if you're not getting into enough deep sleep, then you might, your short-term memory might be affected. You might not be able to let go of certain things. That's also... I'll be diving to this in a, in a minute, but it can actually um, increase risks of traumas uh, that, that affect you long-term. With deep as well, if we think about the physical repairs and immune system boosting that happens during sleep, it takes those extra hours to truly restore your body's energy and defenses. So if you're not getting enough sleep, you're not restoring your body's energy and defenses for everything that you want to throw it at, throw at your body during the day in order to achieve these amazing goals that many of us who are, are these high achieving people want to achieve. You may not be able to be the leader that you want to be 
if you are not restoring your body's energy and defenses by giving yourself enough sleep. All right, so let's go into REM sleep now. So REM should be about 20% of your sleep time. And people that are deprived in REM have increased physical sensations to pain. So you may find if you are somebody that feels pain all of the time, it's possible. Uh, then this is where you'd be looking on your tracker to see where your REM sleep is at. And REM helps with increasing your mental concentration and creativity. As I said earlier, I always think of REM as being more of your brain processing and deep being more of your body processing. So with REM, we're increasing your mental concentration and creativity. So when you're working on projects, you definitely want to make sure that you're getting enough REM sleep. When you have a case that needs to be solved, when you are trying to figure out something in HR or working through different uh, struggles and confrontations with your children or with your colleagues and your coworkers, this is where REM really comes into place. REM moves your memories from that short-term into your long-term base. So if you start being where you like, don't remember things as much as you used to, start looking at your REM sleep. See if you are getting 20% of your sleep to be REM. REM is where your higher learning processes occur. So all of those higher learning of all of the things, if you've done a course, if you're trying to remember, uh, create a presentation, learn things um, at work, if you're uh, studying for promotion or you're in a new position and you have so much to learn about all of the new people that are working under you, the way to handle and manage them all, all of the information about them as people so that you know how to relate to them, all of the new tasks and everything of your new position. This is where that higher learning processing occurs is in your REM. Your perception skills for sound and knowing that your environment requires a REM sleep um, is really important. So you, in your daily life, if you are not able to perceive sounds anymore around you, or you're not able to know your environment around you, um, that could be because you're not getting enough REM sleep. Now, depending on your job and your position, you may not notice this. You may think this may not apply to you, this was a big one or is a big one in working with first responders because they need to be so aware of their surroundings around them. And as much as hypervigilant as they may be, which is another topic altogether, is living in their stress state and being on high alert, they still may not be able to catch sounds or be as aware of their environment as they used to be. So this could be a, a matter of life or death for some people depending on your career. Uh, but this is important as well, knowing your environment, knowing your surroundings. When you are closing a big deal, you need to understand all of the people around you. When you're leading teams, you need to know the environment of your team. The, the You need to, to be able to judge the changes in the mood or the energy and understand why it happened and be able to adapt and change with that. That is a huge sign of a good leader that if you are not getting enough REM sleep, then you are not going to be able to be as good of a leader. 
it does solidify positive memories while uncoupling negative memories. This is huge in anything. So when we think of traumas, we solely think of traumas with uh, first responders. I, I do. Sorry, that's where I go. I, we think of like, when we think of traumas, we think of these really big traumatic things. And the thing is, is that a trauma is something that's like too fast, too soon, too, um, it's all the twos, too fast, too soon, too much, all at once. It's like an overload of sensories on you that you weren't prepared for. So you could have a trauma in a corporate setting. Uh, that could be where maybe you had to fire somebody. Maybe you had to, you're working for a toxic boss. There's different traumas. Maybe something, an accident happened with one of your kids, right? These traumas, or maybe you had a falling out with somebody that you never saw or thought that there would be a falling out. You don't understand really what's going on. When you're in REM sleep, that is going to uncouple those negative memories, when we look at this from a trauma point of view, those people that have REM sleep, there are some studies that are coming out now where I have on this slide here, where because it plays REM plays such a role in emotional memories and it solidifies positive memories while uncoupling those negative memories, the studies show that REM can support it alleviating PTSD symptoms where there are exaggerated response to stimuli that were once associated with a dangerous or traumatic experience, but are now innocuous. So these are things where any sort of a situation that would remind you of that trauma. So let's say there was an accident on a certain um, type of intersection. Anytime that you're around one of those intersections, you may have that trauma response come back up again. What studies are finding is if somebody gets enough REM sleep, if they're not sleep deprived, um, then they have less PTSD symptoms. They have less, um, it, which is like, they're less susceptible. It's not that they're immune to it. They're less susceptible to traumas instilling themselves into their bodies. So if we break it down, six hours, it might seem decent, but those missing two hours can lead to a decrease in cognitive abilities, focus, and overall moods. And if we think about it hour by hour, those extra two hours of sleep mean the more time for your body to repair, for your mind to process, and for your energy to recharge. Think of it kind of like a mini vacation for your body every single night. And if we consider the quality of your daily activities and mental clarity, with eight hours, you're giving your brain the time it needs to consolidate memories and recharge for the challenges ahead. So really, really, really important. This is like so hugely important for you to understand. Um, and you'll see this in your tracking data, or I hope that you do. I would love for you to actually pull up your data and, and look and see if this is what your data says. Deep sleep will show up as the first third to two thirds of your sleep. Deep should be the first third to two thirds of your sleep. So if you're looking on your tracker, I'm, I have some slides here. So if you are looking at this on YouTube, you'll see my slide. 
And the dark blue at the bottom is my deep. And you'll see that it is the first two thirds of my sleep. Now, REM is the last two thirds to a third of your sleep. It's the back end of your sleep. So if you look at this, that's the light blue, the lighter blue. The um, middle blue color here is my light sleep. And you'll see it is like all throughout my sleep. So this REM that I'm showing you here, you'll see it is the last two thirds of my sleep. So that third in the middle, you'll see there's a crossover. It goes REM, light, deep, light, REM, light, deep. I go back into REM, then light and back into REM. So I'm starting to switch from being solely deep and into REM. Now, here's the thing. When somebody is sleep deprived, when they have been getting only six hours of sleep for a while, then what happens is you have sleep debt to sleep debt to pay back and deep starts to take over REM. So anybody who I'm looking at their health tracker and when they are getting good, solid sleeps, then where there's not a lot of wake ups in it, where they're getting that like light, deep, light, deep, light, deep that deep continues for longer than the first two thirds of your sleep. It takes over and REM starts getting shorter and shorter and shorter. So you may find if you're looking at your tracker, you may find on days off. If you're somebody who has not been getting really good quality sleep for a while, chronic sleep deprivation is um, the definition of chronic sleep deprivation is three months of having six hours of sleep or less a night. So it depends on where you're at. You may still have sleep deprivation, which is just one night of six hours of sleep of sleep or less a night. And you may find that on your weekends, maybe you, you go really short Monday to Friday. And then on your weekends, you sleep like huge sleeps, you sleep in, you might sleep for 10, 12 hours. And if you look at your tracker, if it was a good quality restorative sleep, you may find if you were sleep deprived that deep took more than two thirds of your sleep. And you'll find that REM was not at all equal to deep. So if we think about it, the stats were 25% of your sleep should be REM. And we have, or 25 up to 25% should be deep, 20% 20, 20 should be REM. So you should have about the same amount of, of deep and REM around there. And if REM is shortening up and deep is taking over, then that is telling you that you have sleep debt to pay back. And if we go back to what we were just saying on REM sleep, that affects your mental concentration, your creativity, your memories, how they're being shored, stored your higher learning processing. So all of your, if you're studying for anything, if you're going through documents, if you are like a lawyer um, or an investment broker who, who you have to stay on top of all of the different investments um, day to day or lawyers going through all of these contracts, the thing with all of that, you need REM for that higher learning processing to occur. Your perceptions around you, understanding your environment around you, and solidifying these memories and uncoupling negative memories, you will start to um, hold in more and more negative and, and traumas. Things will start to get you more when you're not getting that eight hours of sleep where the first two thirds is deep and the second two thirds is REM. So I can't stress enough 
how important it is to be tracking this. And that is why sleep is my um, second KPI, the top two. So hands down, if you're not tracking anything else, which Whoopinora can, you can dive into, you can, you can go down these huge rabbit holes, especially with Whoop, which I love to do if I have clients and we're trying to figure out things. But honestly, if we are looking at your top KPIs, if we are looking at the KPIs that are going to move you forward, that are going to help you be a better leader, that are going to help you with your focus, with your energy, with your drive, with your ability to remember things, with your ability to be more creative so that you can actually work on projects and get into flow easier and get things done faster at work and at home, be calmer with your family, be more engaged with your family, have more energy and time for them and be want to be more social and out there um, just being more interactive, doing the things you've always loved to do then that is a combination of having a high HRV and having your sleep stats being the first two thirds deep, the second two thirds REM and 50% of the entire sleep being light sleep. Okay. So that is why this is so important. Now, the one thing we didn't track, didn't talk about, which many I'm not sure. Does the Apple, I'm going to have to ask my friends who have Apple um, if it checks your latency. Latency is the time that it takes you to fall asleep. Now your latency, definitely the whoop, the aura ring give your latency. Some of the other trackers do, some don't. Uh, priority for me would be deep and REM and light sleep, tracking those, seeing what they look like. Uh, latency is you kind of know how long it's taking you to fall asleep. Five to 20 minutes is good. If you're falling asleep, with less than five minutes, if your head hits the pillow and you are out, or if you go more than 20 minutes, then that usually is a sign that you are sleep deprived. So if that monkey mind won't turn off, that's quite often extra cortisol, your cortisol, your energy stress hormone is not getting the signal that it should not be floating around in the frontal lobe of your brain. And it should not, and, and it, it doesn't know that it needs to start decreasing so that your natural melatonin can start kicking in, which then starts um, this whole cascade of the 50 different hormone responses that your stress system is in charge of, which we just talked about, which is like your healing, repairing inflammation, cholesterol, heart rate, blood pressure, metabolism, um, memory, cognitive thinking, processing of memories, moods, all of these things can't do what they need to do. So latency is definitely another one that uh, is part of sleep that we look into. If you're tired and wired, or if you're waking mid-sleep, if we start seeing that you have a lot of awake times in your sleep and long wait times in your sleep, then that is also something that we should be tackling. So it is really important for you to start taking back control of your sleep and having this health tracker data. The thing is, is that, as I said earlier, we can fool ourselves. Our normal of what we think having energy is so skewed. It's so off. I know that me in my forties and working on this and being so into this, and this is what I do. I feel better than I felt in my 20s and in my 30s. I feel like I have more brain power, more energy, just feeling good. Do I have crap days? Yes. And 
perimenopause has also taken its toll, but I also know because I was tracking things with my sleep and my HRV, I start realizing when perimenopause needed me to start going to a holistic practitioner to be like, oh, I need some support for this. My body's asking for support for that. So it does kick me in the butt sometimes every time that I go through a different stage with perimenopause. I'm like, yeah, okay, back to the naturopath. So I'm not perfect every day by any means. I also um, am somebody that just naturally has lower cortisol, which means that my energy bandwidth is um, not where other people's are. And I always need to have some supplemental assistance for that. Um, and that can tank me some days. So I'm not saying I'm perfect where I'm at, but tracking this means that I can see when I'm starting to slide. If we think of this as well, like um, nutrition, nobody's perfect on anything. Nutrition, exercise, there are people that are like so clean and eating and so restrictive and reserved and, and, um, scheduled or routined on what they do and what they eat and same with exercise, but life still happens. And the thing is, is when we're eating healthy, most of us, we eat healthy, but then things sometimes start to slide. You might start having a few more drinks, or you might start having a few more desserts or a few more snacks, especially in the summer with all of, um, cottages around here, everybody's out and about. There's there's always different snacks. There's little, you know, picking here and there. So things start getting off and it gets to a point where we either start gaining a little weight or our energy starts going down and we're like, what's going on? We're like, ah, I've decreased my workouts or, oh my gosh, I've been snacking too much. My, my eating's gone off a little bit, right? That's the thing with sleep and HRV, being able to track your sleep and HRV, you're able to catch these things so soon that you're able to pivot and make the changes so that you can stay on course. So there's less collateral damage, less collateral damage to your memory, to your processing, to your focus, to your energy, to your performance on a day-to-day -day basis. Also, once you're controlling this, just because I was talking about perimenopause and cycles, you will notice if you are a female and tracking these things as well, I should probably do an episode on this, but different weeks of your cycle um, gives your body has different energy abilities and same with your mind and your brain. So I know dur certain, during certain weeks of my cycle that I don't book creative projects. I know my brain's not going to, that's where I do like my administrative stuff or I'll have meetings um, I can coach clients, but I can't like think of podcasts and social media posts and just thinking of all the creative that I need to create. I can't do that because I know my brain is not going to be like that during a certain week of my cycle. So just understanding that and being able to track and, and understand that, which whoop does very well. They have a cycle tracker and um, what's it called? They have a cycle tracker. And with the cycle tracker, they are, um, they let you know when your high and lows are based on your sleep and your HRV and the stats that it is tracking. So tracking is huge. My top KPIs, hands down sleep and, um, sleep and your, uh, HRV. 
So what I have done for you is I have actually created a sleep sleep quiz. So I have a health tracker program where I dove into all of these things. I dove deep into like everything that your health tracker goes through, um, curves of your heart, all of these different things. And in that too, I had a sleep quiz. This is a quiz that anybody who's doing this, this program with me, this quiz, um, this personalized sleep assessment, it's a tool that I integrate into my program. So every month my clients use this questionnaire to track their sleep progress. And it's designed to benefit like everyone, whether you have a sleep tracker or not, I wanted to extend that to you as well. So in the show notes, you'll see that I have a link to the sleep quiz. If you fill it out, it will, it goes beyond the tracking. It may ask you for some of your tracking stuff um, for you to keep an eye out on, but some of it is subjective as well. How are you feeling when you woke up? How much sleep are you getting on average? How long is it taking you to fall asleep? There's, there's other things in there. You can get it all in one. If you, you'll have your email and it'll email you all of the answers. You can do that every month. This is something that I do with my clients to help them to see when they're making progress and where we're like, Ooh, this month we didn't make progress. What changes did we make that maybe aren't working or what changes fell off? So go to the links in the show notes and grab that sleep quiz. Now, thank you for joining us on this journey towards better sleep and well-being. If you found value in today's episode, I'd be incredibly grateful if you could take a moment to hit the like button and subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date on the latest insights and tips for a restful night's sleep, as well as other health tracking data. Sharing this podcast with your friends and family who might benefit from it would mean the world to us. So spread the gift of a better sleep how to track your data so you go off track less. And the more that you spread it, the more that our podcast is shown to even more and more people. If you are ready to take your sleep journey to the next level and work with me directly, the link to book a call with me is in the show notes. I am here to support you in achieving your sleep goals and helping you wake up refreshed and energized every day. Thank you for being a part of our community. And remember, better sleep is just a click away.